Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast Psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast Psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. So learning about meditation, I, I first went to my Zen teacher and I sat down and I said, so how do I become the best Zen student and Buddhist. Of course you did. Of course I did. Of course you, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm hoping in this episode that we'll talk about meditation, what it means to us and sort of how we got there. Um, you know, and I, I think like, so for me, I'm just going to say, like, I think, you know, Nikki, you and I both meditate. Uh, we have different relationships with meditation. We have the mm-hmm. same relationship with meditation from mm-hmm. time to time. The thing about meditation that I've often written about and I continue to like Profitize is it's a it's a any other relationship and there are sometimes mm-hmm. I can I I can't get enough of it and other times yeah. where I don't want any of it. Sure, you feel the same way. Yeah, well, you know, mine's a little different in that I definitely mine when I'm not doing it, it's less like antagonistic feeling like I yeah. don't want I want to get away from it. It's more more like I I forget about it kind of like it's sort oh. of like something oh, like interesting. Does that make sense? I'm like, oh, yeah. I know that this is helpful and out of sight, out of mind, like other things are occupying my headspace. Yeah. And so for me, you know, you and I are both mid-career. Well, we're early to no, mid-career. We're, we're, on the, we're, on the, we're on the early side of mid-career. Yeah. Extremely. Well, seven, the APA defines it as 10 years six, for, from graduation. Oh, I thought it was seven years of licensure. No, 10 years from graduation. Oh, okay. Well... So we're like right on the, well, right but, I, cusp, but yeah. my upcoming, I'm doing a, a presentation at the American Psychological Association in August and I'm listed as a mid-career psychologist. So, <laughs> You're like, don't, don't age me. Don't. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> um, but anyway, like I think, you know, I, that we are both sort of, you know, early on in this. And so my community of sitting um, is a much older group. Right. You know, so I think that's something else. And, and I've noticed that I've, I've been at this now for, I think, 12 or 13 years. and which means I was much younger when I first started and I was yeah. significantly younger. Yeah. But now there's some people more around my age ish, but in general, there's a lot of gray hairs and like retired folk, mm. which I think I'm also saying that just to validate that. I think at, when I'm retired, I'm sure I'm going to meditate every day for a while. Like, a, and I do meditate every day today, but like, I think I'll do it a lot more because right, right now as a mid career, early career person, I have a, a lot going on, especially with all the different hats that I wear. Yeah, so so I think what what I'm hearing in that description is that right now you don't have time to devote like an hour or two hours a day to to meditation, right. and sure. it's still something that to, you have you don't have two hours, right? To do, yeah. yeah, that would be I, I do an hour a day. Oh, you do an yes, okay. I, oh, I didn't realize you're doing. Oh, right, in the morning you do an hour, so I, yeah. you don't have two hours to devote. No, and you would like to devote. Well, and I don't do an hour every morning yes. because I don't always have that. Time. You split it up. You split it up. I sometimes. split it up. So it's, and yeah. I, and I always do a sitting in the morning and at night. So traditionally speaking, in Buddhism, within the Zen tradition, you do it with sunrise and with sunset. Mm. That's why the, well, the Dalai Lama, like he'll he goes to bed at like seven at night. Oh wow! <laughs> makes like I mean, it makes sense. He's getting, he's getting yeah. he's getting up early. Yeah. Well, and I think interestingly that sometimes deters people from That's seeking right. out meditation because they think they have to do it in a certain framework or time. And if they're not doing it, they're not doing it right, or they're not doing the real meditation. And that's something that, you know, in in our practice of flexibility as as third wave uh, clinical psychologists and uh, clinical and counseling psychologists here, uh, I always let people know that you can do it for five minutes, Amen. you know, and and actually 
and I also am always interested in this. I'm like, I don't know of any other behavior out there where if you meditate, if you did something for uh, five minutes, three times a week, which is what I, you know, prescribe to new, new, uh, new, new meditators, uh, new patients. That's uh, us being cut from the same cloth. Yeah, exactly. Right. I was like, I don't know of any other behavior that can have such a significant impact. Like if if your physician was like jog for five minutes, three times a week, like that's not really going to do anything like that, that impactful. Right. Like it might get you started on the behavior. That's my issue with like mindfulness based stress reduction. I love John Kabat-Zinn. I love MBSR, Mm -hmm. but 45 minutes a day. It's a long time. That's what they, that's what they, you know, during the eight weeks, 45 minutes a day, plus those groups. It's a big commitment. And so I think, uh, but that being said, it works. It hands down works. (laughs) Well, it's, well, and so we can, we can sort of look at it as what's workable for for somebody, right? Exactly. So that's why you and I are flexible. We'll create that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll create that. Well, and, you know, I also think people, you know, should be aware that mindfulness meditation isn't the only type of meditation out there, that that's what, you know, you know, Pete obviously is a Zen practitioner. I came to mindfulness through, you know, through Western psychology, which actually draws from Zen Buddhist tradition. So I'm, you know, interested in the same family of of treatment, but there's transcendental meditation, TM, which is like 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. There's all kinds of, you know, meditation practices associated, you know, with, with yoga, you know, any of the Eastern spiritual traditions um, and religions, Hinduism, there's, you know, visualization meditations, all yeah. kinds of stuff. If you go on, if you, you know, do you ever use Insight Timer, Pete? Do you know well, I app? don't use any of the apps. Um, but I was going to say have- there's also like Ziva meditation, which is something I've mm. just learned about, which is like a mantra. It? It's like oh. a mantra. So, like, so it's kind of like TM. Like it, There's all these yeah. different names yeah. for things. And I think that's one of the things is, and so one of the things, the way I approach this clinically is let's find what's right for you. So you yeah. You know, I think Insight is great. Um, the Big Ten, which I'm a part of through my position mm-hmm. um, at Rutgers University, just partnered up with Calm. Um, oh, yes. The Calm app. So, like, yep. I've been using that a little bit just to kind of get – because then I'm trying to see what's out there. Headspace has obviously gotten yes. a lot of, of traction. Hopefully now they'll give us ads for this podcast. <laughs> yes. They're not right now, <laughs> uh, but maybe one day they will. Yes, yes. Um, but, you know, but seriously, like, these are all – I'm so thankful that these things are out there. But yes. I don't necessarily prescribe one to a client or an athlete. I let them find what works for them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I always like give people a starting place of ones that I you, you know, you're, nice, you're uh, nicer than me. That's why. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it's totally uh, true. Maybe, maybe it's true. Actually, maybe yeah. that's true. Maybe, maybe, maybe that is true. Actually, it is, yeah, yeah. Just because I think people can get overwhelmed these days because this because yeah. you know my, my like meditation and and mindfulness probably specifically is is kind of like sexy you know these days which again you know <laughs> it, it totally is it's is like kind of like sexy people like know about it. I mean when I'm you know, speaking to a prospective patient on the phone yeah. and I'm doing a consult and I'm explaining about how I work, you know, it's so interesting how I do that now versus, you know, new patients like 10 years ago. It's like people, people know most, most people yeah. I talk to have like tried something, you know, they've, you know, even yeah. at work, some people are like, oh yeah, we had somebody come in and people are definitely us. more informed a hundred percent. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my God. The work thing. Yeah. Like how many yeah. people were they like, oh yeah, you know, law firms, finance, they have someone come in and I'm always just like, who are these people? I know. That's but a- also like, Hell yeah. I'm right. like, Amen. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's that thing of like, yeah. who are they? And is this just like a business model that are they truly right. giving this, the science and the practice, you know, right. or are they saying like, you have to do it this way or else it's not going to work. You know? Well, you know, I think that sort of uh, leads me to this thought that I've had before that yeah. I get really bummed out when I read things about companies bringing in meditation because it's to increase productivity right. because of the impact on 
you know, yeah. improving attentional and ex- uh, functioning. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, just kinda, I hear you. I you know, hear you. Yes. And it's like, then the focus is outcome-based again. And the whole yeah. point of meditating is, is not to focus on the it's outcome. To, to you let know? go of outcome. I know. Yeah. And you and I both know that all of us come to it because we were looking at decreasing some suffering that we've had. You totally. know, and, I, yeah. and honestly, like that, I talk to my teacher a lot about that because I think sometimes in particular thinking about some of my, my community work with the, the Zen community, I don't always want to like talk to people or like hear what's going on in their world. I mean, I, I really like them, but when I have to like hear and feel their suffering, which is natural, yeah. sometimes like I'm going there for my own healing. Sure. But I think for me, that's my work. And so, yeah. but, but let me like, let's step back. So I, I started off this episode by saying like, I went to my teacher saying like, Hey, let me become the best person. Yes. Um, so in the Zen tradition, it's all about silence. So that's also my issue with some of these apps. Oh, right. There's a course. lot of guided stuff, music. Totally. Yeah. Um, we are all about silence. And for me, I've become so accustomed to that where I, I, that's the part that I desire. Mm, like I, when quiet. I, I do like when I, when I know, I just can't get enough of the cushion. Like I just want to get on my mm. Zafu and Zabutan. You see mm-hmm. the, the, the five cent words that we use in, in, in the, in the meditation world, but and Zen it's about posture. So it's mm-hmm. about like making sure your spine is super yes. straight. The crown of your head is up to the ceiling. Uh, we sit cross-legged, but you don't have to, like sometimes mm-hmm. you can sit like your, you know, um, uh, you know, like your asana, like yes. in yoga mm-hmm. yeah. on your knees, mm-hmm. on your knees. Yep. You can mm-hmm. sit that way. It's, um, you know, and it's really about just, you know, following the breath. One of the things we do is we lay our palms in our hands with our thumbs touching mm-hmm. because when you're sitting that with the Lotus, then you're able to create one line of energy through your body. So that's another big piece that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things I encourage is having a space that's set aside just for that, mm-hmm. you know, so that you don't want to be doing that at your desk because your desk relates to work or mm-hmm. homework. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to do it in your bed. Um, mm-hmm. You want to do it in a place that is like specific just for this meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, in a Zen, in a Zendo is that's another, we should have like a glossary for this episode. We should, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Zendo is just like the place, the home, you know, I guess a church or a synagogue uh, would be like the equivalent. Um, there's like a plant, a bowl of water, a candle and some incense. And so they're just representing the, um, you know, elements of, of earth and of life. Oh, okay. Right. And so this, the water, it. the bowl of water is really cool because it's about stillness and clarity. That's uh, beautiful. It is so beautiful. And so like, you know, that, that could be an exercise. Like you could, if you have a mantle, like just have like a bowl of water up there, maybe just look at it every so often. And that could be your meditative practice. Well, and, and so I, I love hearing about the experience in the Zendo because you know, for me, I'm not um, I'm not a dedicated Zen practitioner in the in the formal sense, right? Even though, as I said earlier, the the types of uh, meditation I practice come from a Zen Buddhist tradition. Right. You know, sometimes I always say like I'm 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 Buddhist informed. I mean that in the most highly respectable way. Absolutely. That it's I I I, um, I integrate and, and believe in in those teachings and those worldviews. Though I'm I'm not. Um, I, I wasn't raised, raised Buddhist and I'm not in a, a belong, I don't belong to a Zendo like, like Pita's sure. though. I think what's interesting in, in hearing that is that's where some people can kind of get confused about what's, what, what is meditation? Like, is it a spiritual practice? Is it a religious practice? Is it, yeah. is it 
just a behavior and it's, and i think it's everything it's all i was gonna things. say it's whatever you it's want all the, to be, yeah it's whatever annoying. you want to be yeah 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 <laughs> it's annoying the answer but like and i also don't identify as buddhist you know like because i think one of the things you learn in the buddhist or any kind of like th- mindfulness buddhism mm-hmm. zen practice is that all of that is just identity none of yeah. that you know, none of that there is no self you know, and I think that that for me, especially if I link this to psychology or Western psychology science mm-hmm. is like, that's really, that's, perf- that's really powerful, you know, be, to think like you're not your anxiety, you know, you are not your depression. You'll feel it. Yeah. And it's not who you are. Well, and I, you know, I'd love to talk about that more in depth in, a, in another episode, because that is something I imagine, you know, people hear you yeah. say and are like, what? Yeah. There's no self. I'm not my anxiety. Yeah. It's like the answer is no, you're not. Yeah. And that's a really, really difficult concept to so hard. internalize and, and, I'm and not actually even there. Even well, well, who, who is, <laughs> if, if, to be honest, it's like if we are there, I mean, and I'll share sort of experience I, I have in meditation sometimes. It's like, I do have that experience of like unsticking is the best way I can say it. Is that yeah. it's like a sometimes I don't know, a millisecond, I don't know, a feeling like I'm really watching what's happening, yeah. but it doesn't stay with me. You know, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't hang around. Do you know what I'm talking about? That sort of like unsticking. It's so I it, yeah. I, I don't have a more eloquent way of no, of it, it. yeah, it's and I think that's the biggest challenge of this. I think that's probably what turns people off at times. You know, maybe because it, it is. Well, that's the other hippie thing. You know, sometimes yeah, I think it, is, it yeah. does feel a little hippie-ish. And, you know, I, I think it, it is a little hippie-ish. So I think it could be spiritual for some people. It could be just an existence. Um, sure. It could just be earthly. It yes. could be universal. Um, I take meditation. Um, I, I have, I've had, you know, really, really Christian Catholic athletes, you know, um, that are able to connect with this practice. Yes, of course. You know, they're able to meditate, you know. Um, there well, is a any, thi- yeah. I was gonna say any of the like also like Judeo Christian practices. Yes, they also have that like the Christian contemplative practice, um, Kabbalah and Judaism, right? That these are you know I think that's actually something important for people to know too. It's like yeah. meditation doesn't just come from Eastern traditions. You no, know, it's I mean, a pretty I, ancient practice like across across human experiences. Well, and there was that with um, there. Yeah, I mean, I think with Bill Maher had done this religiosity. I don't know if you're, it's a oh, documentary. Yeah, I actually never saw it. I know what it is. But I never well, saw and it, I yeah. like it because it was like, what he highlighted was how there's more similar, like all the similarities between all mm, the major religions, yeah. all of them. Yes. You know, versus the differences. And I think that, you know, especially in today's world, thinking about how polarized everything is. So thinking about what, 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 um, Linear, what do we call it? Linearness? The, the oh, linearness. Yeah. Pete, Pete and I have decided to redefine perfectionism as linearness, that all linearness. humans tend towards linearness. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I think that adds to and contrib- contributes to like that, perf- like that, that polarizing and all this yes. like negative energy about yes. relationships is because you're not hearing and really realizing how similar we are. I know. Rather than this focus on how different. And again, but now I sound like a hippie, right? Like, so. Well, but I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's a, I mean, I think, um, Yes, I I think some hippies, if somebody yeah. who identified as a hippie would uh, might uh, that might resonate with <laughs> they might resonate with what you're saying, and I think that that term, also speaking of linearness, has helped people to misunderstand these really foundational concepts. Like yeah. we want to kind of like say, yeah, hippies might connect, connect with this, though lots of people might connect with what we're saying, whether they identify yeah. uh, hippie inclined or not. 
Yeah, I th- yes, because there's a place for it. So I think when I, and so the other thing I'll say is uh, like, I, I really see it as I, I believe, mm-hmm. my personal belief is that meditation helps everybody. My other personal belief is that it's not right for everybody in every moment. I, I share both of those beliefs wholeheartedly. Isn't that I, like... Oh yeah. Well, you and I, you know, yeah, Yeah, we're, we're the same and different (laughs) because that that would be a really provocative or otherwise challenging statement that you'd make amongst other peers or, you know, that meditation would help everybody. Yeah. See, you know, when, when people come to me, then again, I'm talking clinically generally, right. You know, people in my personal life have also said this, they'll say, you know, Nikki, I tried meditation and it just doesn't work for me. And I always go, you know, I validate, I go, look, I know it's really hard, but I also sort of chuckle, chuckle and I'll say, well, that's kind of like saying exercise doesn't work for you. I'm like, right. it works for everybody. It right. helps everybody. It's hard and yeah. you might not be, to your point, you might not be ready to, ready to, to, do, to do that at that yeah. point because it requires a bit of effort. But it's, I mean, it's, it really is like saying physical exercise, exercise is not, doesn't work for that. you. That's just not, it's not true. It's just it's not, not true. It works for everybody. It works for everybody. Yeah. And we know it from like the new emerging research related to some brain imaging, PET scans yeah. to see that there are changes that are occurring. So that's also why I feel that way. And I'm not going to push anybody to get to there. Of course not. Of course right. not. So well, just like but, somebody who's like, I don't want to, I don't want to start you know, jogging. Okay. Yeah. That, that's okay. But know? I have, when I have good relationships with clients, like if I've seen them for a little bit longer than usual, I'll be like, look, the last thing that's left here is that f- you're struggling with meditation for a reason. That's right. <laughs> you know, because right. you know, your symptom is what's challenge is making it. Ch- so the symptom of like racing thoughts, mm-hmm. perfectionism, inability to kind of find that inner peace or mm-hmm. stillness, um, mm-hmm. you know, th- that's why you're struggling with it. So that's, that's why we're done with treatment. And if there's mm-hmm. anything else you're going to do beyond this, mm-hmm. you're going to find your own meditation practice at some point. And then you'll yes. find what you've been looking for, but you're not going to keep coming to me to like complain about how it's not changing uh, in a, you know, in a compassionate way. Of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, and, and that's, that's a very important thing for people to hear that, you know, in order for you to, begin to cultivate this practice that yeah. uh, of being mindful that we we learn a meditation or or frankly any other behavior you're trying to learn in the world yeah. it requires willingness right it requires yeah. like this well, I love that you always say like willingness curiosity curiosity well because yeah. you know I always say to people this might sound cheesy but it's the it, it resonates with me is that Don't get willing, cheesy. I'm gonna, I'm going to get cheesy willingness I always say is a seed that exists within all of us yeah but I, and, and I can't give it to anybody like I can't give willingness to you yeah. I can't give willingness to to a patient it, everybody has the seed somewhere in them I can give people tools of like or teach them like how to water it or give it sunlight yeah but you have but even then like you have to be willing to like find that seed and do the things that help help cultivate it and grow it and yeah. you know just as humans like we're not always willing like willingness is effort you know so maybe the takeaway is uh, go find a seed, plant it, and because I, I love that metaphor, and I, you know, you have if anyone has a plant or a green thumb, you know that it takes a lot of cultivation, yes. care, compassion. Find that for yourself in this practice, uh, and challenge yourself. Like we said, you know, maybe just a, a little bit here and there. But uh, here's to meditating. Here's to meditating. This has been when East meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. 
content is for informational and educational purposes only.